right, we're going. We're recording? We're live now? We're live now. Well, we're live at this moment, but not when people listen to this? They'll know. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we're live when people... I guess we're live when people listen to it, but... Mm -hmm. Coming live to their ears. No. Pre-recorded. I mean, yeah, kind of. Well, no, it is. Technically pre-recorded. Half pre-recorded? I mean, I gave part of my DNA to Apple so I could live in people's headphones. Oh, that's wow. That's is that why AirPods are so expensive? Well, I gave them yours too. That's really what, that's the AirPods Pro. I didn't know. Was I didn't yo, know. you get part of Shane's DNA in each one. I didn't approve of that. I think that's a conflict. You did the Ancestry.com thing. That's this is what happens. That's right. That's right. Just to make sure I didn't have diabetes. That's a terrifying scam in my mind. Yeah, that twenty three and me. Well, it's like all right. So give your DNA. Just to find your relatives that you might already know about, but just mm. in case you have like a random one that did something interesting, yeah. give now, us your DNA. Exactly. And by the way, your Facebook, we have all your photos and your likes, so we know everything about you. Lit like literally, it's just creating composite profiles of every person. And then in the Spotify thing too, that has like so much data about you. I've been listening to Spotify since 2010. Well, you know what's funny is I got it when we were in college doing the show. Yep. But then I stopped using it until this year. Okay. Just because I like had iTunes and I just never really cared. I only used it for the radio show. Yep. And then it was like, oh, like let's see everything you've listened to in the last few years. And it just went 2013 and had Luke Bryant because so many people listen to country music when we were yep. at Roger Williams. And they just jumped to 2019. But the only reason <laughs> I had, the only reason I'm using Spotify now is because there's one single song by Anderson East that's a Spotify like original, so you can only okay. listen to it on Spotify. He's my top artist. It's my top album. It's my top song, and it's like top five is all Anderson. Just because I how, own... many how much how many minutes devoted to Anderson? Honestly, like maybe thirty in total. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but oh, it's okay. just I was laughing because every slide's just like you really like Anderson East. I'm like I just want I just, you can't listen to this song anywhere because it's your Spotify original and you have to listen to it here. So yeah, it's just like you love Anderson East. I remember going back to like when I was in high school and literally Spotify had like. All of my terrible mixtapes I downloaded from the internet, mm -hmm. like two Kendrick Lamar songs when he was like super, quote unquote, unknown, mm -hmm. uh, shout out Section 80, and then like two other songs, and then a bunch of Drake mixtapes. Yeah. And that, and then it's like, same. your favorite totally, artist totally was same. Kendrick Lamar, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, he, he, I guess, like, I don't know. I like, didn't know what Spotify was. Like, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, this Spotify thing, and I was like, it's going to be garbage in two years, and now everyone has one. Thanks, Spotify, for letting us host on your platform. Thank you very much. That was the other thing. My top podcast is our podcast. So I have a couple. Ours was my third podcast. But mm -hmm. then again, given our recent hiatus. Mm -hmm. But we're back. What are you talking about? What hiatus? I thought it's totally February still. We never oh. left. Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment. This is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast. Or podcast. I did. The whole two minutes of it. Yeah. Though the first like 30 seconds is like clips from previous movies with Black Widow, which I'm not shocked. That's... But so many people online are taking those little clips and like her hairstyles mm -hmm. and being like, this means she comes back. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. like, it's just like, all right, we've, these are all things we've already seen. Like, mm -hmm. For Captain America 2, like... Yeah. Avengers. Yeah, like, 
very original stuff. No, she comes back. Yeah. It's like, all right, like if she comes back, she comes back. But otherwise, they just had a really movie, a bat, like a movie outside of a timeline. That's it. Exactly. Well, it's not outside the timeline. It's prior to the timeline. It's a, it's like a, it's like a prequel quotation marks, but it's prequel within the middle of the narrative of the MCU. It's like a postscript on the entire thing. Like, exactly. Yes. Yeah. She had some shit. It's like um, it's like DLC. Like it's funny thing. Um, it really reminds me of Assassin's Creed Two. So like you have oh, chapters, yeah. but when you get to chapter eleven, it's like oh, there's something wrong. You have to jump to chapter fourteen, and then you finish the game, and then like two months later, like oh, we're giving out chapter twelve and thirteen as DLC. I feel like it's that where it's just like oh, we forgot to we made the Black Widow movie six years ago. We forgot to release it. Here you go. Yeah, we we've had this sitting in the Disney vault for a while. Hold yeah. on. Honestly, though, the, when I was watching the trailer, I just kept thinking, I was like, I'm shocked they didn't do this before Captain Marvel. Like They, sh- like, they should have done both movies at different times. Well, they are. They are. But no, but I mean, like, they should have done Captain Marvel before Endgame. They did. Did they really? Yeah, it went Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then um, I thought Captain Marvel came out after Endgame. No, it came out before, because... There was the trailer, the end credit thing with Nick Fury. With uh, the, yeah. Okay. And then we saw Captain Marvel. And then, uh, and, well, you still probably saw Captain Marvel after Endgame. I did. Yeah. I watched it recently on Disney+, Plus, which yeah. we'll get to. Yeah, exactly. But I saw it when it came out. Okay. All right. Secretly. I, I wore a coat and a hat and sunglasses so no one would know that I went behind everyone's back to watch Captain Marvel. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we have the Red Guardian. He's in the movie. He's fat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's and, the guy from Stranger Things. Yep. Uh, his, that guy he plays Hooper. Hooper. Yep. Hooper. And his name in real life is. Uh, my phone's over there. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think. We'll remember it at a different time. Eventually. Yeah. Exactly. Sam Worthington. Nope. Nope. That's nope. that's Avatar. Yeah, that's Avatar. Has he been anything recently? Uh, no. I don't even think he's in the Avatar sequel, which comes out. Do you know when the Avatar sequel comes out? I have no. Do you know? 2021. And there's supposed to be three more sequels after that as well. No, remind me if James Cameron is filming all these back to back to back. He did film them all like back to back to back. I hate that man. Well, that's more production and saves all money when you film it that way. They're still like billion dollar movies. Well, movie. There's only the one. Right now. Yes. I don't think Avatar 2 is going to be making much money. I think it's going to make another billion dollars. Maybe a billion, but the first one made two hundred sixty billion. That it took Avengers Endgame so many months to beat it. So I, I would be, I'd be shocked if it. I'd really be shocked if it broke like one point five billion. Just because I really, just because who, who cares now really anymore? And the other thing was like, the first Avatar was so big mostly because of the technological like aspect. Yeah, that's of, like, true. Like we, it's all computer animated. Like. We're using motion capture on these actors, and they're and they're on a, a warehouse, but everything else is fake. It's like, okay, this is really cool. But then when you would watch the movie, you're like, okay, it's kind of like Pocahontas and Dances with Wolves, which I mean, how yeah. many movies? How many movies take from other movies? That's not me like knocking it. I I haven't written a movie, and, and the ones that I have, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yet, and the ones that I have are very basic. And it's just like Shane. It just seems like a lot of women coming on to you in these films. Yeah, it's just a normal film about a guy who's just really laid back. Super laid back. Yeah, super laid back. And he has a podcast and he bartends. Um, I think I think they make money. They'll, they'll I make... think Disney is contributing enough to it in the parks mm-hmm. that it makes money. Oh, it'll make money. Just even, I'm going to say mostly overseas just because I feel like no one here cares enough. Well, factor in like – all right, this is my interesting thing about overseas numbers. There's only less than 400 million people in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. There's like 
mold, we have 7.2 billion people on this planet. Mm-hmm. Like people with access to cinemas and access for like to American content, especially in Asia and China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a ton more options for people to go see it in that sense. Yeah. So I think like using just U.S. numbers is like a microcosm because all of a sudden like movie can bomb here, but internationally like. Oh, I was so Adam Sandler recently did his first magazine profile mm-hmm. since like the Waterboy came out. Really? Yeah, or Billy Madison. Like it's been a while. I'm shocked Adam that Sandler. it's been so long. I feel like he would have done something in the meantime. But I mean, he's done all those movies, but he mm-hmm. hasn't like been public about it like this. So mm-hmm. I think it was the Times sat down with him, and they were saying that like for remember the movie I'm blanking the name now where he plays a man and a woman. Uh, Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. That movie killed it abroad. Oh, it did not yeah. do numbers here because, like, people like Adam Sandler, Crash Wrestling, like, what, like this is just, like, shtick. Everyone just saw the trailer and go, what, that, okay, that's it. Yeah, like, what's the movie? Like, yeah. <laughs> however, internationally, like, the crudeness, the fart jokes, like, the practical humor still kill because mm-hmm. it, it transcends, like, language barriers. I was going to say, yeah. So it killed it, I want to say, in Asia and parts of Europe. I've mm-hmm. read, or that's what the profile says. Yeah. Although now he's doing Uncut Gems and... That looks amazing. Yes. I haven't had a chance to see that yet, but it, everything from it looks like, okay, this is the, the Adam Sandler that you're very always interested to see. That yes. it's like, like um, Punch Drunk Love or Rain Over Me, or some of the movies exactly. that come to mind. So that's, that's another part of that profile was like, he now wants to, he wanted to take this on very seriously. I guess mm. he views it as like a Jewish man and like working with two Jew- young Jewish directors, like the character really fits well with mm-hmm. who he is and like they all have like a very good cultural connection to the movie. Yeah. And then I think he just recently said if he doesn't get an Oscar, he's going to, like, record, or he's going to do the worst movie we'll ever see. Yeah. I was like, that's a great threat from Adam Sandler. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. I just saw he did an interview. It's, like, actors on actors where they kind of interview each other, and he was with Brad Pitt. But Brad Pitt's like, man, you did so good in that, like, one scene. And you can see him being like, oh, wow, thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks, Brad. Like, yeah, no, I, I kind of just kind of just closed my eyes and just went with it because he's just like, I don't think I'd get like compliments about my acting. Yeah, like, it's right. Just, it's hilarious to watch, but at the same time, he cares about like the craft, and he actually is like trying. He's like, yeah, I just kind of because I think from what I was told, he's like doing a colonoscopy scene where he's like naked, and he's just like, yeah, I kind of just threw myself in. Like I knew I couldn't like half-ass it. It's like, no, you can't half-ass <laughs> being naked and getting a colonoscopy. Like you, you know, literally can't half-ass. Yeah, it. you have to full ass it. Well, I think your doctor would be like, what are you doing if you're like one cheek on the table, one yeah. cheek just like yeah. He'd be like, stop holding it. it in, dude. Don't hold it in, please. Anyway, that's how we start our podcast. Cold, yeah, cold, cold open right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Black Widow trailer looks really good. Mm-hmm. I've literally gotten far from that where we started. But what do you think? Do you think I have any early ideas of what like plot points or? Uh, yeah. So, uh, the main villain looks to be like Taskmaster. Yeah. And or Ross, because Ross is also in it. I think he's. I think when you see him in the trailer, he looks much younger. Yep. So I think that's actually a, like a prequel scene. I'm oh, thinking okay. that's going to be like early Black Widow Red Room type stuff. Interesting. Where it's like, oh, like here's a mission where Ross was after me and I got away, and that maybe that's what led to Barton picking her up. Yep. And then because you even hear uh, Ross's like voice during the trailer, I'm thinking that then they'll even have like a moment during the movie where it's modern time where he's just like on the run again, yada yada, because yep. this is post Civil War. Um, but Taskmaster seems to be the main villain. Um, Black Widow and I forget the name of the other Black Widow that she's working with, who is like her sister that yep. she addresses as sis in the movie or in the trailer rather. Um, 
they're trying to, I think, decommission all Red Room activities. That's mm-hmm. their Taskmaster is trying to get it back up and running because yep. they're like the best spies and he can learn everything from them just by watching them. And uh, 100% uh, Red Guardian, um, whose actor's name I can't... David Harbour. David, David Harbour is his name. Yep. David Harbour will die. He'll be sacrificing himself, I'm going to say. Just because in that... People have said that. Just because he was he's like, the family is back together. It's like, yeah, he's going to die because he's like, family. And then Black Widow. And then now be leading to Black Widow at the end being like, I have to go back to the Avengers. They're my family. Yada, yada. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then she's dead. Yeah. Sad. All right. But, well, they already see. They've already seen. They haven't confirmed it, but they've already been like talking about like, oh, this could be like its own series of like prequel Black Widow movies, which I would like to see. I like Scarlett Johansson. I like watching spy movies. Yeah. But it's one of those. It's like, but when she died, there's already, so, like, there's already a finite point. Exactly. So it's like now we're just gonna be filling in like before, and then more so bother me because then it's like. Oh, I really like Taskmaster, and I and I I doubt they'll be like killing him off. I, I yeah. assume he's gonna be sticking around for a while. But it's like if they keep doing prequels, then like, well, then what other villains are they gonna use? That's like, well, then why weren't they here then? Why are we using so? But I'm just popping in randomly now. This to me will be a really good, just like almost kind of like a palate cleanser going into the next phase of Marvel movies because it's gonna go this and then the Eternals if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So like this will, to me will be a nice like okay we're really get the gears moving again. Okay, let's start building up to something. Even though this with Blackwood will be, I feel, far more uh, confined the story-wise. It won't be building the world as much as it'll be building her narrative and her family of the other characters. True. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Great podcast. Night, everybody. <laughs> and that was our mini pod. Yeah. But I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really good. Yep. Yeah. Something new that's happened since we've, we've started this podcast is Disney Plus. Disney Plus? Which we've spoken about before. So, Are you a member? I am a member. Day one member. Day one member. Yep. Okay. No issues. Just hopped right on. Some people had... Wait, seriously? Yeah, I had tons of... We already had a subscription. I had tons of issues. Oh, I had zero problems. I feel bad for the people that have, like... Excuse me. Some TVs that, like, couldn't handle it. That's hysterical. Yeah. But also, at the same time, like, it's it's shitty. Because, like, no one needs to buy... Like, for historically, you never need to buy a new TV. Like, mm-hmm. Or, yeah, if you want an HDMI port, like, you had to buy an HDTV. But yep. now, like, you can do almost anything with that TV. Uh, what about 3D TVs? I need one of those. No, no, you don't. Yet. Not yet. You, but, uh, you will never need a 3D TV. Yet. I bought an Oculus. Oh, you have an Oculus? Yeah, it's just sitting over there. Nice. Do you want to know why? It sucks. Oh, okay. I was going to say something else. No. But your family might listen, so I was going to be it's, it's not good. Uh-huh. It's very pixelated. I'm not shocked. <sighs> I'm sorry, listeners. We're going to slam the whole thing now. we got to start over. But it's, um, yeah, more on the Oculus later. But I've had no issues with it since. Yeah. What have you watched? Let's see, the first thing I watched, uh, well, we'll talk more about it, but the first thing I watched was Mandalorian, because that was the first day one um, premiere, Yep. which I feel a majority of people that got Disney Plus were going just for that. So I feel like some, definitely. Uh, uh, for sure. And then I think after that I watched Tron Legacy, because I'm a okay. diehard Tron Legacy fan. You are a Tron Legacy fan to the point where you just watch it randomly. Yeah, no, and it, I didn't realize it was going to be on, and when I was, like, I stopped, I was, because I was only going through everything to make, like, my, like, favorite list to have them ready yep. and I saw that and I stopped going through my list and I just started playing Tron Legacy because I was I love well, it yeah it was perfect but uh, that I've been just popping in and out of uh, Marvel movies and okay. Disney stuff and also I've been trying to get into far older Disney properties like okay, there's a Kurt Russell film called The Computer War Tennis Shoes which the whole premise I'm is I'm sorry what? it's a 1960s movie with Kurt Russell when he's like a teenager and the premise, it's called The Computer War Tennis Shoes. And yep. the premise is like, 
He's a dim-witted college student who touches a computer and all the information gets stuck in his brain and now he's a genius. But my favorite thing about it is it takes place at Medfield College, okay? Yes. The movie right next to it that it suggests is called, like, Powerlift, where, once again, Kurt Russell plays, like, a nerdy guy who becomes super strong. Okay. That also takes place at Medfield College. <laughs> I just, because it just shows how little people had to care back then when writing movies. Like, oh, he can just be at the same college. I'm 100% sure it's the they same. They filmed that movie back to back. Yeah. That's what you're saying. All right, so you're, okay, Kurt, so you can't be smart in this scene to be strong in this scene. All right, once again, everyone, we're at Medfield College. But uh, just my favorite thing. Just, so you're saying there's a Medfield Cinematic Universe? There's a Medfield Cinematic Universe with Kurt Russell specifically. <laughs> just, uh... yeah. But uh, yeah, Disney Plus, it's been a lot of fun. It's, yeah. To I've... me, it's lived up to the hype. I agree. I started watching, I literally, the first thing I watched was Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Very yep. good, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of Pixar. I crushed Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University back-to-back mm-hmm. in chronological order. So. Oh, so University, then Inc.? Yes. Okay. Gotta get that progression. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. Watching those movies back-to-back, and you try to find plot points in Inc. where they're, like, hearkening back to college or anything, and they they don't really. Yep. Like, their whole Randall stuff exists, and, like, you see in mm-hmm. University why Randall's Randall. Yep. But I was really hoping they would have snuck in, like, one or two things. That, like, they would have just, like, built in, like, back in 2004. Like, little, like, mm-hmm. all right, we have this, like, one little thing we could hook onto if we need to. I do know there. there's one line that Randall says in Monsters, Inc. I forget the exact <laughs> phrasing of it, but it's almost like like a pep talk. Like, almost like hang in there type thing. Okay. But what he says in Monsters, Inc. is on a poster of his in Monsters University. That's, uh, like, one of the only things that I know that really connects the two. Other than that, it really is kind of just like, it's university on its own. They make far more references to Monsters, Inc., yep. even though it hasn't happened yet. And Monsters, Inc. doesn't acknowledge university. Cause, well, it's tough. Because exactly, I not even, I don't think they had any, like, what if we did the college movie about? Like, what if they were, like, in college? They definitely weren't thinking that. They were probably like, how do we get more fur on Sully? How do we make it look <laughs> natural? Okay. Yeah. That movie was technological marvel. Oh, yeah. Honestly, well, all of them are when you watch them. Really, Pixar, yeah. They are, but they are, but when you re- you also have to watch them now, I mean, like they are now dated. Yeah, like, it's animation. Yeah. Like everything gets dated quickly. Toy Story For is sure. tough. One, it's tough to watch sometimes, just because I'm like, mm, you look so much better now. You guys have a light engine that actually shows lights and shadows. Oh my god. Andy doesn't look better though. Well, uh, Andy, Andy just has never looked great no. across the board. Well, but. Uh, in first Toy Story, all the kids at Andy's birthday party. Are Andy because they couldn't model any other children because they, they it was like they didn't they were already having a tough enough time like how do I make a pig look real they're like we gotta make more kids I gotta make this piggy bag look normal so hold like, on it's like one shot of four Andys but it's like so quickly you don't even think about it I want to say that someone walked into the animation it was like guys we gotta do a birthday party and they're like what so it's like painting rec yeah. scales like on their screen they're like what the fuck do you want what do you hold on they didn't they couldn't even paint on the screen back then they were like oh right yeah be like, like tablets yeah exactly be like a mouse and like having to like oh my god sounds horrible i like watching um this is youtube channel called quarter crew and they break down a lot of like cgi stuff yep. like and they do like good and bad but i just love them talking about they're like like see that like falling water and he's like yeah he's like what would you use and it's like oh, i use this system for like falling water it's like yeah, no, they had to figure out how to make water fall in the computer. And they go, what? And then it's like, man, we're so lucky. And it's like, yeah, nowadays you just pretty much like type in what you want and it's done. And it's like, yeah, no, they had to like... Frame by frame, like render farm. Yeah, they had to take terrible. a grain of salt and scan that into a computer. How do you, what? You had to scan salt into a computer? They had to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they did a thousand billion times. 
But yeah, Disney Plus. It's I like I think it's great. I think I agree there. It's a the hype. I'd like mm-hmm. to see more original content. Yep. Like I know the Jeff Goldblum series there. I haven't watched that yet. Mm-hmm. There's also um the high school musical, the musical, the show. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. And Kristen Bell has some shows. Yes, as well. I was just thinking about that. But I think it's far more kid oriented. So. I thought it was a behind the scenes kind of thing. Well, neither of us have watched it. Yeah, looks no, like. we haven't. There's definitely a, like an Imagineer behind the scenes thing that yep. I'd like to watch. Growing up, I wanted to be an Imagineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I work in finance now. I'm not an engineer. Hey, don't let your dreams be dreams. Oh, I was gonna say there's still a chance. Yeah, I mean probably. But... Mm-hmm. And there's also National Geographic. Yep, tons of Nat Geo content, which is they have like the Gordon Ramsay outdoorsman mm-hmm. show, which is bizarre. I like someone tweeted it was like National Geographic being on Disney Plus is like the friend who gets invited to the party just because they were there when everyone else got invited. Yeah. Like I keep seeing like the tab like National Geographic. I'm like that's gonna be the last thing I look at like when I'm scanning. The night when I need like a meerkat just to like hang Mm -hmm. on my TV and let me chill for a bit. No. I'll go to Nat Geo. Yeah, I was gonna say like that would be party. I'll just put Animal Planet whatever on just so people like oh can we put the TV on? TV's on. We're watching this. Go watch Shark Week. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Mandalorian's on there. Mandalorian. Uh, Are you fully caught up? I am I am on episode four. Okay, episode I'm, five came out last night. I, I am also on episode four. Okay, good. Um, but yes, loving it. Uh, created and directed by Jon Favreau. Yes. Uh, it's a wonderful happy series. Hogan. Yes, Happy Hogan. Uh, following uh, The Mandalorian. Which, which is one of a Mandalorians. Yes, and he's a bounty hunter. Who, all Mandalorians are bounty hunters. Uh, not all. Some can be forgers. Some can be children. Um, oh, a child that. is still technically a bounty hunter, let's be honest here. To a degree, yes, you are right. <laughs> uh, but I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, my first thing that I that caught me off guard was when I hit play, and it was like, the first episode's only 38 minutes. I yes. I remember being like, what? No, like this should be like an hour long. It should be this show. And I was worried that it'd be very short. Mm-hmm. Every episode I don't think has passed 40 minutes, and I've enjoyed that because nothing has been wasted. Nothing has been wasted, agreed, but at the same time, I think in the Netflix generation that we're in right now, mm-hmm. we in HBO, I'll mm-hmm. blame HBO primarily as well, we all expect for the exact, like, you to see it on the TV, it's one colon zero zero. Like, it's an hour long. Yeah. Like, you expect Netflix shows to be, like, 59, 43. Mm-hmm. I like people not using the whole, like, hour. Like, yes. I don't mind it not being, like, okay, we can sit down at eight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bed at 11. I can crush three shows while yeah. I get some work done. Like, I don't need that. So I think, like, the 38-minute thing was, like, a little jarring because mm-hmm. it ended, and I was like, I need more. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Yes. And exa- and also, it's setting, essentially, the tone for Disney+. Plus. Kind of like, we're very similar. Yep. We're going to do a lot of the same things others have done, but we're going to be just a little different. So instead of the everything at once, now it's weekly, which I'll say specifically for um, Star Wars, I think that's needed because yep. you need the time to, like, absorb everything break things down and then be hyped for the next thing with star wars i feel like star wars is something that needs the hype yes it definitely does i think if you slam star wars in like 10 hours as like you watch the entire season you're gonna miss things Mm -hmm. and you're gonna it's like a waste of it honestly because so if you go back to like the original trilogy Mm -hmm. like way back that was like a very much hype thing every and that i think was like four three years those movies came out and then there was the gap and then they did the second trilogy and now they're back again with this yeah. last trilogy. The hype does have to definitely has to build. And I think the problem they're having with current Star Wars is the hype isn't building enough mm-hmm. anymore as it did in the prior ones. Just because they're trying to do a they were trying to do a yearly Star Wars film. Yeah, which yeah. like works for Marvel and it works for other properties. You know, Mission Impossible can do their like their two year window. Mm-hmm. And James Bond can do his weird like every so often release. But like 
legacy properties like that, I don't think can rely on the hype anymore because there's so much competition in the marketplace mm-hmm. yep. that what's the point of burning like an eight month cycle? Like you get a release, all right, eight months to like build up the hype, then four months to like get it all out mm-hmm. and then start again. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. So I think doing the weekly releases, one, it's, you're right, it sets a tone for Disney Plus, but it also gives time for the hype to yes. continue to build. And also like, the amount of content we like you see coming out of this, like the Baby Yoda stuff alone, yeah, is ridiculous. Insane meme uh, marketplace. The oh, economy, yeah. oh, the meme economy right now, skyrocketing because of Baby Yoda. Oh, incredibly high because of Baby Yoda. Yeah, but um, absolutely agree with what you're you're saying. Simply because you look at Solo, which yep. was a movie no one really even wanted, but some were intrigued by. But because we'd had, I think, the Last Jedi maybe a couple months before. Everyone's just like, I'm kind of feeling iffy about Last Jedi. Why should I go see Solo? And then that kind of tanked. Especially, I still have to watch Solo. You haven't seen Solo? No, it it's on Netflix. It has its moments, really? 100%. There are definitely some fun things, but like one thing that's like a downer is they do the Kessel Run, which is something that was like talked about for so long in Star Wars movies. Like, oh, I yeah. did the, in 12 parsecs. But there's no real danger to it because you're just like, well, I know he, I, I know he survives the Kessel Run. Like, yeah. So like during the climax of, no spoiler, like, but when they're in their most danger, you're just like, yeah, no, I've seen a new hope. Like, I know, I know he'll be. Yeah, around. he's back. Like, yeah. So like, that's it, it's one of those where it's just like, <sighs> okay. And as well, they built that they were like they were filming that as if it was going to be a trilogy. Oh. That okay. right there is their biggest. They should have filmed it as like we'll do one, and if this really works, then maybe we'll do another and then do two more. And make those. It's yeah. Yeah. But they filmed it. They like were like, hey, check out this place, and it's like. Buddy, we already we're, we got thirty minutes left of this movie, and I know there's not gonna be another hour after that. Like, <laughs> there's no sequel. Don't be talking about it next time. Do you think too many? Well, that's like a tropey thing. I think for Star Wars, it's like, oh, we'll get it next time. Like, yeah, that's like a common thing. Do you... well, here's what our plan will be. I think this is more so like, hey, everyone, we're gonna make another. Maybe in my fingers across that, like in four years, the next Joker comes out because that's plenty enough of... time to like let it all die down. Not even die down, but like. Put real thought into the story because yes. this Joker, a very clear and concise message they're trying to send, and a very thorough, both visually and narrative-wise story. That's yep. like here's what we're trying to tell. Here's the feelings we're trying to invoke. And I feel if you try and rush back into that, you can get close to it, but you'll just miss by a lot. So Agreed. this is. So I'm thinking. I would hope four years, knowing my luck, in a week we're gonna see like uh, in 2020 uh, Joker two, starring Robert Pattinson as Batman. He'll be there as well. Batman's back. Yeah. Which also, that's another reason why I'm also kind of, when they said they're green lighting it, I'm like, well, what is the DCEU really right now? It's, yeah. That's well, it doesn't kind really of exist because everyone's like tweeting at Snyder to be like, release it. Release yeah. the, what was it, Justice release League? Release the Snyder cut. Yeah, release the cut. And he, he's even playing into it by tweeting out like the film cans. Like, it exists. Yeah. And everyone's like, all right, like, see, at the same time, like, mm-hmm. you work for a studio, like, Either throw it online for free for all of us, or like just let this die. Cause... A lot of people are saying they should put it on the DC Universe streaming service. Do they like, have one? They do. I and I actually have it myself just because I. I keep... How many streaming services do you have? I have I have Disney Plus. I have the DC Universe, and then I have HBO, and then I use my sister's and brother in law's uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Just checking. I wasn't sure if you were one of those people that like have consumed their cable with streaming services. Oh no. Um, but I've got DC Universe because I keep meaning to watch Titans because I've heard pretty good things about it, and as well Doom Patrol. But everyone keeps me like, dude, just put it on there. Like that, if anything, then that will boost their DC. Streaming. Exactly. Everyone will be like, oh well, let's go get this app because otherwise, yeah. 
I've gone on there twice to look up old like Batman animated series episodes or like Justice League because I'm like, what was that like? What was that one little thing that happened? And then I turn it off after finding the clip, and I go, okay, because you don't need it anymore. Exactly. So that would be where the money would come. But anyway, like I was getting at, what's their universe at? We know there's Wonder Woman two coming out next year. Yeah. Robert Pattinson's working on a Batman movie, but we don't really yeah. know what that will be and where the timeline or anything. Flash may or may not happen one day. They're, they do fairly well in the TV series area where, it, like, Marvel's – oops. Marvel's, like, pulled themselves out mm-hmm. of – or at least cutting the deal with Netflix mm-hmm. for Disney+, Plus, they've pulled yep. themselves out of. Well, as of us recording this, this Sunday will be the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths um, event. Really? Which is, yeah, it's a five-hour, like, five-night event, and then that'll be the first half. And then they have their winter break and come back and do the second half of the crisis. Oh, geez. So it's going to be, like, ten episodes. Something like that. And that's like bringing everyone together for the most part. Everyone. And okay. people that, like, Burt Ward, the Robin from, um, like, Batman and Robin with Adam West. Yep. He's in it. Oh. He's And he's being Robin again. And, like, Tom Welling from Smallville will be... This has... Because it's the multiverse. Well, it's which also, is, like, all CW properties. Yes. Like, they went Smallville. Mm-hmm. Kevin uh, Connery, um, who does the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman and so many animated things, he's in it as Batman. Like... Anyone and everyone's in this because this is it, like into the Spider Verse, but for CW. No, properties. pretty much because the whole crisis deals deals with the multiverse, and even the producers have been like, there are cameos we haven't addressed yet that we haven't told you about, and when we during the off season, like during the winter when we're filming more, like we plan on doing more cameos. That's wild. Yeah, so like this will be one of the biggest TV things, which that definitely shows how DC has kind of adapted and taken control of the TV landscape. Yeah, definitely without a doubt. Because otherwise, what does Marvel have? They have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on its last season right now. It's not a good show. I really enjoyed it. I think I, I stopped watching it when we were in college. Well, when we when it was in, we were in college, it was very bad. Because they, they were still so solely relying on the movies. Tahiti. Yes. No, I know. Um, but it definitely picked up. When I, I picked up on the second season and then went back to season one, yep. season two, I think, is where it found its footing. Because that was post- um, Captain America's Winter Soldier, where, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. had fallen apart. Okay. So that gave the show, like, okay, so now what are we? So I think it got far better. I just fell behind because I think by season four, like, Legends of Tomorrow was going on, and yeah. I started watching that, and then I was working, so I was like, oh, I can't, I can't, sorry, guys, I can't stay up for my Wednesday, 8 o'clock, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm, I'm making money right now. <laughs> Stuff like that. But it's, it's, but anyway... That's all Marvel has, yep. is that everything else is either canceled or has finished its run. And, True. Yeah. True. So speaking of kind of bringing it back to movies, mm-hmm. we both watched The Irishman recently. We did. I, did, I spent Thanksgiving evening watching The Irishman, which is a terrible idea when you're full of turkey and stuffing. I tried to watch it after Thanksgiving dinner by myself. I got about 35 minutes in and I turned it off just because I was so tired and i couldn't i was like i can't commit to this it's tough to commit to it and i forced my father to commit to it with me because mm-hmm. i was like all right let's just watch it both sit on the couch the games are over and uh we started watching it and then he like i paused it to run to the bathroom and he literally i came back he's like this is three and a half hours long like what are you doing and i was yeah. like we'll be fine we'll be fine no. i fell asleep for the last hour i rewatched it the next morning mm-hmm. so it worked out but for me what helped was so i watched the first like 35 minutes too tired. Before I started it again, mm-hmm. I won. I went on the IMDb and found out what every person's character name was because there are like a thousand Tonys in the in the movie. There Which, are Tony Tony Pro. Yeah, well, Tony. and they even make a good joke about it when they're like, yeah. oh, "Tony said it." it was like, "Well, which Tony?" <laughs> uh, but there's so many. So I learned everyone's name. But then I also looked up because I we'll talk more about it. But the de aging 
Yes. I couldn't tell how old he was supposed to be in certain scenes. So I looked up, like, in this scene, how old is he supposed to be? And once I figured out... Sorry. Once I figured out that, it made watching the movie a lot easier. Okay. Because I was at least like, okay, he's supposed to be, like, 30, maybe 40 in this scene. Okay, he's supposed to be like, oh, 50, 60 in this scene. Instead of just watching him and go, that's just old Robert De Niro. That's just old Robert yeah, De Niro. Yeah, it's, it's a weird... Uh, it's so, a weird... The de-aging thing's interesting. It's just yes. people don't like it. Some people like it. I read that they have to use a three-camera rig mm-hmm. to get basically... To not use motion capture, to get all like sides of the face to yep. do the de-aging properly. I'm not shocked by that. It, th- there are definitely some scenes where it looks pretty good where you, like, yep. you don't even notice it like I'll, I'll say for like pesci and al pacino i think yeah they look phenomenal in it they, al pacino probably looks the best yes it, it really is just the near there's like the first scene where he meets russ who's played by joe pesci yeah he's supposed like i looked up he's supposed to be like 30 there he doesn't it looks it looks like a computer animated type of man yep which, that was the trickiest part. But then there are other scenes where it's just like, okay, it kind of works. The thing that kind of also helped me was, like, he's supposed to be in this scene 35. Okay, he doesn't look 35. He looks closer to, like, 45, maybe 50. But yep. then I was remembering, like, all right, how many times do 45-year-old actors play a 30-something-year-old guy who's dating a 20-something actress who's playing a 30? I was like, okay, so that... And that sort of helped me kind of ease in more... They're pushing it, but yeah. Yes. Though, there's one scene where... Robert De Niro's character, uh, his daughter tells him, like, oh, a guy pushed me. So they go to the shop, and he beats up the man that pushed her. If you've ever seen an old man beat up another man, you'll know that Robert De Niro is an old man. Like, Yeah, that he, entire scene looked... So I watched... I, like, had the... I watched The Departed last night, mm-hmm. another Scorsese movie. Yep. And you, like, counteracting, like, when that's all young guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Leo yeah. was young, Wahlberg yeah. was young. And, like, the, act, the violence in that movie contrast to that scene alone mm-hmm. you're like this might just be completely staged yeah. like i don't know if they made contact with anything yeah. even as like a joke mm-hmm. like part of me just was like why didn't they just get like a stunt double film it very up close don't show his face and then just do close-ups on robert de niro's face for this just because it's like it looks so bad you're like you're not oh my god he looks like robert de niro's gonna fall over trying to beat this man up yeah but other than that really good movie terrific movie yeah um I would, I'll say, yeah, it's three and a half hours long. I would say the pacing was pretty good. I, I pacing is good. I had read, I almost used, I'm going to, I think on the second watch, someone did, on Reddit, did a miniseries breakout of it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch up to, like, where this scene starts, like, And, like, stop. stop. And then so some people are complaining, like, oh, it defeats the third act, like, all these things. But the third act, like, all right, spoiler alert, once Jimmy Hoffa's dead. Wait, what? Wait, what happened? Ah. Mm-hmm. Like, the third act, it's kind of just, like, it kind of moses its way along, but it, it that kind of is part of the story, I feel, as well. Well, it's someone's life. That, that, uh, the mm-hmm. whole thing is someone's life. So, like, all right, that can be, like, to us, the climax visually of his life. But to him, like, he still has to coast out the next 30 years. So exactly, like, yeah. Which, it, it, I wasn't expecting to get so, like, kind of uh, choked up to a degree watching very old Robert De Niro. It just it got me because it, especially that's kind of what the movie I feel is supposed to make you feel. Yeah. Like when he's like looking for a, a casket, he's looking for a place to be buried. You're kind of Action Bronson. Yeah. That's, like, that's his cameo, and there's like you're gonna die in it. So like, what kind of coffin do you want? Yeah. But it definitely was a little uncomfortable because you're like, oh, these are like not things that like you know you don't like watching no. an old person be sad and alone. Yeah. But that's kind of what it was trying to even send to the messengers, like. You know, this when you're doing all these things in your life, you don't think like, well, it's gonna end still with me having to pick my casket, pick where I want to be buried, be yeah. alone in a retirement home, and that was definitely something that I was like, oh, okay. Something that's super 
super tough in that same vein. He goes to the bank where his daughter works mm-hmm. and tries to like make amends, and she like just closes her window and leaves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of I would part of me was wishing I would have loved like a couple more scenes with like old Robert De Niro with his family. Because when he has the scene where he talks to his other daughter, he's yeah. like, I just want to, like, you know, I want to, like, make amends. And be, and she's, like, trying like she's trying to be helpful with him, but also be like, Dad, you know, like, you were a horrible person. <laughs> I would have loved a couple more scenes like that where really, like, his family talks about him or he even is more open. But that's... When the he movie. was, like, Thanksgiving dinner and then is like, oh, back then, like, you're yeah. a terrible person. Exactly. Like, but, of course, but that, once again, that's kind of who the character of Frank Shepard was, even when he's talking to the priest. And he's like, do you feel any remorse? You know, well, you know, do some stuff for some guy. It's just yeah. like it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. You kind of look at it, but I don't know. At the same time, like after watching Casino and Goodfellas, are two of my favorite like mob movies. Mm-hmm. You have that same thing where like it's both Robert De Niro's in both, mm-hmm. Joe Pesci's in at least one of them. Yep, and he's in both. Oh yeah, he's in both. Yeah, yeah. Kill Spider, um, and Goodfellas. It's just, like, you kind of see, like, a similar vein of, like, these two characters mm-hmm. have, like, gone through this multiple times at this point. So, obviously, they're good at it. Mm. But at the same time, like, either of these things could be, like, you could intersect, like, the casino plot where he becomes, like, a casino, like, CEO mm-hmm. around the same time, like, he kills Hoffa. Like, you can insert, like, these different parts from different movies into, like, you have the beginning of Frank Sheeran's life. Mm-hmm. Then he's involved with the mob. And then you could insert the plot of Goodfellas, where he's like not a made guy, he's not yep. Italian, which same thing happens in this movie. He's not Italian, he's yep. not a made guy. You insert that, and then still like finish it out. So it's very strange that you could just you can immediately if you remove the Teamsters and unionized element of this movie, you can mm-hmm. pull it down, yep. slide in a different Scorsese plot with the same character or the same actors mm-hmm. and pop it in. Yeah, it's just it's very. And this is not to say that the movie is formulaic or mechanical, mm-hmm. but it's just very interesting that the characters have done this enough times where you have those bits that you can immediately plot back in. Yeah. It's just strange. Mm-hmm. An interesting movie that it'll be talked about for a while, just because... Definitely. There's a lot to it. There's a, It's a very long movie. That, yeah. Which just went... Part of me is like, what did they cut? What do, you, what do you cut? I, well, I think they cut a lot of his the time. I think there's about 20 or so minutes I've heard about him in the war. Okay. So I've heard that there's some of that, which I think leads to, like, he does the, that scene where he's on the bed and he's picking a gun. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that ties to it a little bit better. Yep. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't have mind seeing some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, he starts the movie. He's a truck driver for a meatpacking factory. Yeah. Like, and then he gets, like, all of a sudden, there's a skim. And then I like when he showed up with the empty truck, and he's like, huh, what do you know? Oh, my God. I didn't even... They must have sent me with an empty truck. And yeah. you're like, ah, come on. Yeah. No, it definitely... I'm, well, I'm glad they didn't actually show a lot of his wartime, just because that would have been stretching how young can you make Robert De Niro look. Exactly. Because even in the, the scene, they there's only one scene where you see him from, like, World War II, and he has, like, one line where he just sits, tells the guy, all right, that's enough. Yeah. But I was just like... You don't. Oh, and he's they're they're digging their graves. Yeah, and he's supposed. I looked that up. He's supposed to be twenty five during that scene. And I'm okay. Like, I'm like, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, I've never been to war, so maybe that's would... at the same time that I am at the same age I am now. I could have I could tell Nazis to dig their own graves. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this age, my parents already had three kids, so yeah, yeah. So I'm either doing really well or really bad. It's probably well. That's what. Yeah. You don't want children. Right uh, now. If you're talking about grandparents, I'm not doing well because I don't have any grandkids. Why don't you settle down? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
But I, I think the movie's going to be tied up for a while. Do mm-hmm. I think it's like Scorsese's magnum opus? No. No. Well, like, it, just, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like something that's like... Scorsese also did The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, and like, Silence. Yeah. Like, Scorsese's done other things besides mob movies. Mm-hmm. And... I honestly think like maybe it's the maybe it's the content that you're working with for a movie like The Wolf of Wall Street where it's like partying mm-hmm. and like high finance and money that like that movie feels a lot faster and obviously like drugs. Yep. But to me the Irishman was this like we're driving on a the the whole plot in that in the movie for the most part is they're driving to yeah. that meeting in Dayton and he has it all mapped out mm-hmm. and that whole thing. The movie feels like they're driving, they're passing exit signs. He's like, Oh, that one time. Yeah. Oh, that one time. Oh, that one time. And it's just like I did get it. I got a kick out of it when like he's like planning the trip and he has like pull out a map and like use a pen. And he's, he's like, like circling take... things, highlighting all the things. I'm like, that's how you had you had to do it. Like I'm just like, oh yeah, they couldn't like just GPS it or like or like I know what I'm getting like you have to be like plan ahead. And, like, we'll take the 83 to the 157. Yeah, the 157 will stop in like such and such to get gas and cigarettes. And, like, yeah, so interesting. So many cigarettes. There was a really sad... The really sad scene is when they're super aged and it's him and Joe Pesci in jail. Yeah. And they're, like, eating the bread with the, like, grape juice or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, this is depressing. Yeah, and he even, like, kind of admits, he's like, we could have done Jimmy better. Like, we could have, like, you know, I should have, I should have... Which, if I'm Robert De Niro at that point, in real life, I would have gone, we're in jail right now, you (laughs) idiot. I I killed a friend, a man that I cared about. Oh, man. We're all in jail. Yeah. Also, that scene... I think it's like indicative of the whole movie. I, I had read before the, I'd watched the movie with like out spoilers that the movie was supposed to be more like a workman style. Like this is Sheeran's job was mm-hmm. to be like, not like a hitman, whatever, but like in other movies, like Goodfellas, like you have, there's tonal things that suggest like someone's about to die, things like that. But for this, it was just like quick, sudden, like just part of your, like part of someone's day. Yeah. Like, that's what the, that was the whole thing with the guns on the bed. Like mm-hmm. I got to pick the right like I have to pick the right computer program to do whatever Excel table I'm doing. Yeah. Even the first kill he has to do um, with for whispers. Yeah. He just keeps moving. He's just like, eh, it pops him and then keeps walking. Like, yeah. It's almost like it's like all right, whatever. Like, and then you go throw the, the gun off the bridge and everyone throws the guns off the bridge and yeah. the arm and army that's down there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. It's when he throws the gun away that he used to kill Jimmy, but he like walks on the rocks of the beach, and I was just like, oh. Old man Robert De Niro, please do not be on those rocks. Oh, God. Get off the rocks. Martin, what are you doing? Put him on the rocks. All right, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene in the entire movie? See, that's a trick. I was trying to think. Like, that's a tricky thing. I have two of them. Yeah, tell me yours. And maybe so, all right, one, there's probably one more. I can't really think of it. Ah, I've got a couple, but one was in the trailers. So the first one that was in the trailers was the Jimmy Hoffa, like Al Pacino being like, you charge a guy with a gun? You run away from a knife. Yep. Charge in, in the courtroom. That's yep. that's just funny, but it's all over the trailers. Yep. The beef scene where he shows up with the empty truck is one of my favorites, just because it's like blatantly just being like, well, I don't know, Jimmy. Like, must the truck must be empty? Like they sealed it up, yeah. and everyone's just like looking around, being like, I'm not taking blame. I, I, I just drive the trucks. I just. I think the fish scene though, oh, when the... they pick up when they pick up Jimmy Hoffa, <laughs> and he's like, oh. Uh, Bobby had a fish in here, and they're like, oh, you put a fish in the back seat. He goes, smells the same, whole thing stinks like fish. The entire five or ten, however long that scene is, mm-hmm. I was just like, I never want this to end. Well, I actually, I was just nervous during that because I, I was thinking like, ooh, is something gonna happen to Frank? Like maybe this is all like a secret. It's, yeah, it's all been a setup. Like a, yeah, like a double cross, just because he's like, I don't know what type of fish it is, and then I'm like, oh my god. But uh, that I, maybe my favorite scene then is. Maybe when they're at the Coca Cabana and like they yeah. have the Don Rickles scene and um uh, Sebastian what's his name 
uh, the comedian in real life, not oh Maniscalco. Yes, he's in it. He plays and up up to his scene in the diner where he was murdered by Robert. I think all oh, that was my favorite. But you know, I didn't really have a lot of like favorite scenes because I have to rewatch and like look for those things. Now. Exactly, just because I'm like I almost feel like they weren't really like. Like, the one thing that sticks with me is the first real conversation that uh, Pesci and De Niro have with each other where they speak Italian. And he's like, how does an Irish guy know Italian? He goes, oh, like, the war. Like, that scene sticks with me because that's kind of, like... Honestly, I think that might be the only real scene where you see Robert De Niro's character, like, open up. Yeah. Because he talks to him. He's like, you know, like, Sandra would say, you know, take him out. Be quick about it. You know, you just got to do what you got to do. And then you kind of seem like... This probably maybe in the first person that he's even told these things to. Like, oh, when I was at war, like, I just had to kind of kill Nazis, like, not at battle. Which is another thing uh, in Shutter Island. That's kind of something that uh, Scorsese touches upon, which is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was like, that's kind of his traumatic where it all oh, comes okay. from. Um, which I was, that kind of stuck with me when I'm like, oh, it's like another theme that he carries through. But that, oh, and the scene where it's JFK's assassination, just because, mostly because you see how like uh, somber the scene is and how like sad everyone yep. gets in it. I spoke to my grandparents afterwards. I was like, like was it that? Like it, it's tough, for, I feel, for us to like, imagine that well, i feel like it's like any time like it's a very rare thing thankfully mm-hmm. in our current global political ecosystem but like a head of state being assassinated it's like a very real thing like it's a very real risk mm-hmm. and i think the if that happens it's a terror it's like that's like just again sorry the pen um for whoever it is regardless of who they are like terrible terrible thing mm-hmm. like that's just a complete assault on like the country yeah but but yeah, I just remember as I was asking them just because everyone in the scene starts like immediately crying, and I was like, "Was it like tough?" And he goes, oh, "Yeah, Shane. Yeah. yeah." I could see my grandfather almost like disgusted at me, like, "Yeah, Shane." When the president was murdered in front of everyone, it was rough. Live on TV. Yeah, but um, this there's not there's really not a lot that like sticks with me too much. Um, one problem with the film is the tiny plane that Robert De Niro gets on to fly to go kill Hoffa. Yeah. It's like a modern day plane. Someone's like, if you look in the cockpit, there's like computer screens all in the front. <laughs> like they didn't, they didn't think to like, didn't cover that up. up. But this is definitely not my favorite Scorsese. Um, just. Uh, yeah. Even after watching good, uh, The Departed last night, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a better, I mean, maybe it's just more topical. We live in, like we live in the area. Like it makes it like it's more connective. But... To me, I feel like it's more the energy. Like, Yes, this movie is very slow, and you said yourself it's almost like a travel story where they're they're traveling. And you're kind of getting refreshes of yep. the memory, but I feel like there's never really like any like urgency. Like even when like when they're kind of like building up Hoffa and like oh you gotta go help Jimmy, I kept being like, but what are we really building towards? Yeah, they had mentioned they're like oh so we can get back into Cuba and do all, but I just kept being like, okay, and then they show like the Cuba the the Bay of Pigs like massacre yep. and that falling apart, and I'm just like, but like what are we? Like, what are we getting toward? Like, at least, like, with What's one... What's the end game? Mm-hmm. Exactly. With Once Upon... Like, I think of it with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That movie was very much similar in the sense, like, not a lot happens, but I felt a lot more energy in that film. Nothing happens in that movie. No. We watched it together. It was Except three for hours the, the final, the very ending of it. And that very, like, last 15 minutes where it's, like, all action isn't done justice by the rest of the movie. The entire time you have like little like little like meandering things woven mm-hmm. in, but for the most part you have like it's the falling star of like a Hessel movie star who's mm-hmm. now like doing spaghetti westerns in yeah. Italy and coming back and it's a day in the life. life. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a day in a, yeah a day in a very long life. Mm-hmm. But to me, when I think of once again, there are two very different films by two di- very different directors. Yes, that to me at least had so much more like 
pep in its step. I kept like that was as much as they weren't going towards anything throughout the entire film. I kept felt like well, we're still moving towards something. Yeah, there was never gonna not gonna be an ending. This one to me kind of felt almost like okay, this scene. Okay, now to this scene. Okay, to this scene. Everything's shot beautifully. Everything yep. is. Everyone's acting really well, but I just kept like, what are we? Yeah, what are we doing? And then once Hoffa is then killed, then I was just like, okay, now what's the rest of the movie? And then it kind of what's left? Maybe thirty, maybe forty minutes after that, really. And it's yeah. And it quickly just goes like, yeah, we all got arrested, and then um, and then we went to jail, and then we became old really quickly. It's a pretty good Ray Liotta impression. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like the end of Goodfellas. Yeah, we, you know. We, I, I was telling my grandfather about um. Sebastian, what's his last name again? Maniscalco. Thank you. Like, he was doing an interview where he's just like, you know, I'm like, I'm on this movie with De Niro and Pesci, and like, no one's talking to me. And I don't even care. Martin just goes, he's Sebastian. Like, I was doing that, my grandfather goes, that's a pretty good Sebastian impression. I go, how do you know it's a, how do you know that, Grandpa? He's on Netflix. And my grandfather doesn't watch it. Oh, okay. He, he's been trying to finish the first season of The Crown for like years, and I keep going, the episode's there. You just, you just gotta watch it. It's not like it's you gotta wait for a rerun. It's on. You can just turn it on. So we gave my grandmother Netflix. Not like Disney a, Plus? Uh I could probably log her into Erica's <laughs> Disney Plus. Oh, Erica's not yours though. No, it's not mine. I didn't pay for that. Erica bought the year ahead of time. Erica like pre bought for mm-hmm. Disney. I had a huge issue with that. Disney doesn't need our money, people. Mm-hmm. Disney no longer needs our money. It's not failing. So you're gonna watch the episode five of Mandalorian tonight? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 naturally. Yeah. Um but she would like she didn't realize that shows like my grandmother's almost 90 didn't realize that shows had seasons still mm-hmm. so she'd like start something and be like it just keeps going and i was like she's like is it just one long episode and i was like no it's episodes in a season and like when the episode ends it tells you do you want to speed up she goes, well, it just automatically goes and i'm like that's the netflix curse um she crushed like four seasons of some show yeah in like two days because she just like Columbo, like something bizarre probably like, maybe not even the crown i know she watched the bodyguard mm-hmm the British, which I love, amazing job. My grandmother loves action movies, so that yep. works out fine. But I was like, "How'd you?" Like, I couldn't even sit down and like watch. I'm gonna 100 percent say she thought it was the Bodyguard with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. Oh, probably. And she was like, "I don't remember this intro, but okay, I'll wait." Or she maybe she thought it was like a remake and kept being like, "She's not singing. This woman isn't singing." She loved Fuller House for mm-hmm. the singing. Ugh. My to the people listening, I rolled my eyes so hard. Yeah, I, Shane's actually eyes are somewhere rolling around my floor right now. Um, and then also, not to continue roasting my own grandmother, not even roasting, but pointing out her watching preferences on Netflix, um, Steven Seagal movies. Because back then, when she knew Steven Seagal as like a person, he was like a good actor, and like not even an actor, a good martial art actor. Yeah, yeah um, cool action type. Yeah, of yeah, like that whole style of movie. But to mm. us now, we view him as like a right wing nut job. Yeah, who's and, fat and still doing action movies. Yep. Did you see? Um, side note: uh, Tom Segura's uh, dance video. I haven't yet. No, it's hilarious. But he dresses up as Steven Seagal because he's like, I'm a big Steven Seagal fan. So he's like, I'm just gonna dress like him for th-. it's. It's a really, it's a great uh, like diss video that he made towards his friend Bert. Uh, oh, Christian. Uh, thank you. I'm so bad with last names. They're all on. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast Joe, yeah, a lot, which I listen to way too much. But it's like a diss video towards him, but it's also his like prom- promo to be like, here are my like tour dates. Yep, it's hilarious. And then he made like a mini like video the next day that's like a, a documentary. Like here's all the stuff like I did to make it. And my oh, favorite sure. line, he's just like, he's like, I spent like you know like three weeks training with the dancers and the choreographers, and like at home practicing by myself. Like sometimes I have my wife help me out. He goes, then we brought in backup dancers. 
They did it twice. They took a break, and I went up to the choreographer and goes, so, like, how much do they need, like, another week? He goes, oh, no, they're good. They can come in next week and just do it. They don't need to practice anymore. And he goes, yeah, I knew I wasn't a dancer then. That's yeah. when I knew I wasn't going to be a dancer. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. I saw Four First Ferrari, like, last weekend. How, yes, how was that? Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I So, I went with my dad, and we watched it, um, it was like the 11 o'clock showing at like Legacy Place. Mm-hmm. So it was me and everyone over 50, yep. which is great. The guy next to me had a coughing fit at about minute 56, and I thought he was dying mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, am I going to have to do CPR, which was my first thought. So good for me, still remembering classic high school CPR. My second thought was, will this movie theater give me a refund if we can't finish the movie because an ambulance comes? Yeah, they and, would. And then I resumed mentally watching the movie. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Racing's incredible. Shot great. Um, Matt Damon's an incredible Carol Shelby. Christian Bale's a great Ken Miles. Mm-hmm. There's other like interspersed characters that are really great. Um, shoot. John Berthold's Le- in it. Uh, John Berthold's Lee Iacocca, who's like a classic American race car uh, or racing enthusiast and like supporter. Leo Beebe is another act, um, is played by someone I can't remember his name right now. He always looks like a sleazebag whenever movie's in though. Um, and he's like an intermingling Ford executive because the entire time there's like Carol Shelby racing and the partnership with Ford to make mm-hmm. the car. But then you have to deal with like the Ford bureaucratic system, which back then was like, it's like who you talk to and like who you shook hands with and who you sat with. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie, there's like a significant part of the movie that's devoted to like them trying to navigate all that mainly for Ken Miles to race yeah. at Le Mans in the car. But great movie, terrifically shot. Um, the Ferrari stuff's really interesting, but there's not really a lot about Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Ferrari's in there for like they try to four tries to buy Ferrari. They they yeah. sold a Fiat instead for like double the money, and then it's all just about competing with them. But they it's not like it's like a cross mm-hmm. you know cross Atlantic like hey this is what Ferrari's doing this is yeah. what Ford's doing. It's far it's, more Ford focused. It's a hundred percent Ford focused, and that's because there's enough there. <laughs> Ford focus. Ah, terrible car. Um, there's enough there for them to just like build mm. on that alone. No. But I thought it was great. I think it's definitely worth watching. Um, it was funny. My dad, we, so everyone's, there's Italian scenes, like, for Ferrari. And my dad starts laughing 30 seconds ahead of everyone else because, mm-hmm. like, no one's gotten the translation yet. Yep. So he's dying laughing. The guy next to him's like, what's so funny? And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, he just said such and such. And they're like, ah, and I'm like, ah, oh, great. Here we go. Yeah. But great movie. I recommend it. Um, maybe once it's, like, Netflix DVD. Like, mm-hmm. seeing it in theaters, like, there wasn't anything cinematically. Yep. That made it like better in the theaters. I would say the audio was really sick in the theaters because mm-hmm. it was definitely more like surround sound, surround sound coming. Like you could hear it, like kind of tracing the room, yep. coming, coming around, cars whipping around corners. Yeah, it was good there, but it's very interesting. It's a, like a very interesting, like both mechanical movie about like the car, and, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more about the people, which yep. is great. You have like mostly Ken Miles as the connection to people. Carol Shelby's like this individual, like you don't see any of his like girlfriends or he's like, I think divorced and married seven times. Like there's not much about his personal life. The personal side of it's more Ken Miles and Christian Bale's yep. like character. And that, cause he has a, he's a son. Mm-hmm. He has a garage that gets closed by the IRS. He's a wife who's like super supportive and it's great. But at the same time, you only get that from his angle yep. and all of the Carol Shelby stuff with Matt Damon comes from like within the four walls of the warehouse they're working in. Yep. Great movie. I recommend it. It's something that I know Adam Carolla did a documentary called like the 24 hour war, mm-hmm. which I've heard is a, does a lot more of the cross border stuff. And yeah. there's another movie, I think also Adam Carolla related more documentary that also came out recently about Carol Shelby alone. 
Interesting. There was definitely, yeah, Adam Kroll's a huge, not note the name, but uh, he's a very car enthusiast. Yeah, he's a gearhead. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Gearhead. I don't like the phrase, but oh well. Right. Can't really control it. Yeah. What have you watched recently? Anything? Let's see. Uh, Mandalorian, as, yep. as I had said. Uh, Tron Legacy. Classic, as always. Um, honestly, haven't been watching a lot of things. I have been quite busy bartending. Which have you the... watched any of the new Rick and Morty season? I have not watched any of the Rick, okay. the Rick and right. Morty stuff. Um, I, uh, I got, I've got been playing video games. I've been doing a lot of video games. Well, Call of Duty came out. Call of Duty. Been back. Um, Jedi Fallen Order. Have you got that? I did. I played and beat it. Oh, you already beat it. Yes, um, oh. it was it was good. Uh, it's definitely a, a Dark Souls games. If okay. you've never played any of those, that's something that you have to go into knowing. Um, like the one thing that I really wish the game had, there's like some customizable abilities that you can like uh, you can change how your yeah. lightsaber looks, but you really like you, it doesn't make a, too big of an impact game wise. But also like when you're playing, you really can't tell it's different unless like you change it to like bright gold, yada yada. Yeah. But it's still like nice to know that you changed and that's more personal um you can get like ponchos to wear but once again it's like whatever like that's okay. your, your guy it, it sounds stupid when you say ponchos but like he has he wears a poncho and it works for the character <laughs> um i wish there was more like rpg elements like okay. so when i pick up this hilt for my lightsaber i wish like oh if you apply it you get a five percent speed bonus stuff like that yeah. that way there'd be a little bit more like when you're building stuff you're doing otherwise it, it was a very fun game um but once I beat it, I deleted it just because I was like, okay, yeah, it's done. I- I'm kind of done. It- it's not a game where I feel like I can go back and keep replaying it like Batman Arkham, which I've played countless times. True. Very true. And each time I'll probably raise the difficulty or lower it. This yep. one, like I did it on, so there's four levels on this. There's story mode, which is super easy. It's like one slash kills anything. Yep. Then there's just Jedi, which is your normal. Then there's Jedi Master and then there's Jedi Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. I did it on normal by the end of it. Like the final boss, I could not beat her because I play the game very much more hack and slash, which yep. you can't. You have to like block and defend and parry. But because I had no practice and <laughs> this character has like zero second windows for parry, I had to like drop it down to story mode because I'm like I can't, I can't yeah, beat her. Can't I don't have it. any. I I can't practice with her. Like it's not like oh I'll get better the more I play her. No, like I'll be here for two days. So I dropped down the story. It was like eight hits, and then she died. Oh, and I was just like, that's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's a good game. Uh, I'm excited if they make a sequel to it. Yep. Uh, and I hope, like, if they do, they would add, like, some of those RPG elements where it's like, oh, these robes increase your your stamina and your force Definitely. abilities. Stuff like that. But also, I will say, my final little gripe with the game, the story was very kind of paint-by-numbers. Like, okay. a lot of times during cutscenes, I was just on my phone. Because I knew, like... All right, like they're gonna talk about this, and like yeah. he'll be kind of negative about it, but they'll come back around. Nope, the sarcastic guy came around and made his comment because he's like, "The forest, what are we talking about?" A lot of story scenes, I just kind of turned. I was on my phone just because I'm like, I don't. All right, good to know. Yeah, good to know. But then uh, Call of Duty, and oh, the other game I played was Outer Worlds as well. Oh, okay. How was that? Uh, very good. It's very. It's from the makers of Fallout, so it's yep. very Fallout E. Um. Really enjoyed the dialogue options far yep. more than what you got out of Fallout 4, which was literally just yes, no, question, or sarcastic comment. This is how you build your character. You have far more options of how they discuss it. If, like, you're very smart at tech. Like, my favorite thing is, like, my guy is kind of sciencey. He's good with computers and hacking. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking to a scientist, sometimes they'll give you options where it's like you help the scientist. Oh, okay. And then they'll even be like, oh, oh yeah, I should do that. That'd be a, that's a good idea. Thank you. And then 
you get a call later in the game. It's like, hey, you remember you helped me? That thing's ready now. You can have it. So, like, that's, I really enjoy it. You can really feel your character in your dialogue options. That's awesome. Okay, cool. And other than that, it's just your basic just shooter game. But yep. Call of Duty is out. Call of Duty is out. You actually came in and I was playing it. Yes. It's very good. Yes. The story mode, I think, was one of the best story modes they've had mm-hmm. in a while. Yes. Did you play through the story mode? I did. I usually get Call of Duty games, if I do get them, this is the first one I think I've gotten since probably Modern Warfare 3 was the last yeah. one I actually got. I would only get them mostly for the campaign. Because even though sometimes the stories are outlandish, I kind of like that. They're very, they're very good storytellers. It's like part mm-hmm. of it. I just never think the stories are long enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this one, uh, I have replayed like one of the missions like ten times. Which, which one? The London House one. Oh, that's, where it's all dark. Mm-hmm, that's really good. It's fun. It's a good mission. I've talked to say like a shooting game's fun, but it's like enjoyable mm-hmm. because like it's very like technical, yep. which is kind of cool in a shooting game. Because usually you can just like run around, just like. Well, but that's this what the multiplayer like, is for. Well, yeah, and this is so much more. I wanted more of that, which, mm-hmm. like, from the trailer, the trailers, like, made it seem like there was going to be more of that. Yep. And there's not. Mm-hmm. And then even in their co-op modes, there's none of that either. Yeah. So it's very, like, that's such a good, like, individual, like, standalone piece mm-hmm. that I wish, because they did, so they brought Special Ops back from Modern Warfare 2. Yep. But they did him like it's very much like a it's co-op only. It's, you have to play with four people. You can't like do no fill. Mm-hmm. So it's either online or maybe you can do it local. Um, I think you can because I was doing an update and it was like, do you want to do local multiplayer or local co-op? So okay. I think you can do local. So maybe that's what you have to do. Then is just get four people in a room with controllers, <laughs> split screen. I've got a bigger TV. That's true. Um, but then it's just like those are the missions now. And I mm-hmm. I did online with one group of people and that was like fine. But like. I don't talk to random people online. I know you play yeah. Overwatch. You do talk to people. Mm-hmm. I don't care to. Usually when, when I'm online, I, we, we have a party of like our friends going and I'm talking to that more than I give a shit about what the people I'm playing with are saying. Yeah. Mainly because like when you're playing team deathmatch, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm going to run around and shoot people. The fact that you're on my team is just like yeah. way to help make this sure that we win the game. That's Especially it. for team deathmatch. Though, I admit, I like to play... I'm kind of a camper. I yeah. won't like... I'm not like with a sniper rifle in the corner, but I actually like the... I would much rather play the game where it's like you pick a spot and make the other team come to you. That's kind of how I like to yep. play, which that's not how you play Call of Duty, which I'm no, being told by not. tons. But to me, the mechanics of the game, I feel like it's so much better now that that is an option that yep. you could do that. Because like now you can like, when you're in a crouch position or you're down aiming down sights, you can mount your gun to a ledge. So now you have more stability or you can which peek around corner. Which is an incredibly corner. underrated feature. Yeah. People online, like on the Reddit and stuff, call it a glitch. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. It's designed to be that way so it's harder to shoot you. Yeah, so you now you're in cover. But all these things. Really enjoyed it. Same. I wish the campaign was longer. I think it's only like six hours. It's real. It's short, and one of the missions sucks. Which what mission do you think sucks? Oh, the one where you're directing the girl out of the embassy. That's miserable. Well, that's only a small portion of the mission. But like that, I died, or I she died. Really? Like six times. Well, I did it one go. Well, if anything, right. I really I'm not trying to brag, but if anything, I like it because that to me is like. Not something we've seen in a Call of Duty game. It's a very it's, oh, it's definitely it's a, not. It's a one small segment. And to me, that's like a nice kind of like, oh, okay, I didn't expect that. That's a cool different thing from the series that we haven't seen. There's a lot of attempts in this game to change the mindset of what a Call of Duty game is. Mm-hmm. There's the backstory of the characters, mm-hmm. of one specific character, of like her village being mm-hmm. you know, taken over by Russians and stuff yep. like that. that. That mission alone is very like, it was very intense. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to go into that without like recognizing that this is like something that happens yeah. across the world. It's a very like sketchy there. The London House mission where you're like going to someone's home in the dark, 
this mission where you're in the embassy guiding someone out. They mm-hmm. definitely changed up from the normal, like, here's a sniper mission. Yeah. Here's a mission where you're, like, it's an on-rails, like, gun, like, yeah. a tank thing. Like, Scuba mission. Yeah, yeah. Like, then those little things, like, in the Modern Warfare series mm-hmm. have always come out really well. There's Not a single breach and clear moment. That's the thing. But I actually... In the trailer, it mm-hmm. was like that. And now you can open doors in multiplayer and all yeah. that stuff. So people thought it was going to be more like that. Mm-hmm. So the only thing to me that became close to breaching clear was that London mission. Yeah. Which I'll admit, I actually kind of liked that there were... Like, I kept expecting a breach and clear. But yep. because there wasn't, I was like, oh, okay. Like, now when I enter a room, I, like, I don't have 30 seconds to take everyone out. It's like, I just got to take everyone out now. Well, yeah, well, because that's... You're saying, right, in the breaching clear, it used to slow everything down. Yeah, exactly. I remember that now. It used to just be like, all right, you get... Like, all right, pick your shots. Yeah. Like, ding, ding, ding. Are you done? Yeah. But um, really, good. Um, what was I just gonna say? Because you'd mentioned, oh, spoiler for the game. Um, one of the characters sacrifices himself. Yeah. I thought that was like kind of out of left field, cause like I didn't really get it either, and I was like, all right, like I guess you, he, like, plus a spoiler it again. He's like a, the CIA agent who you've yeah. been with the entire time, and you're like, all right, I guess, all right, if you're out, dude, you're, you don't affect the sequel. Cause he kind of goes AWOL because uh the characters we work with who run like a re- uh what's a, yeah a revolutionary group yeah. they're deemed they terrorists by they don't run them it's not like this is sorry yeah startup sorry yeah we run it <laughs> uh, but they're like deemed terrorists by the united states so like the united states troops be like we can't now work with you anymore yeah. but he's like no i've got your back which like okay cool i believe that i can see him be like no like this is still the right thing but then like at one point it's like oh someone's got to detonate this i'll do it give me the order I believe in you. It's like, whoa, whoa. Like, dude, it's been like a week at yeah. most this entire campaign. And you're now like, I want to die for you. Dude, this isn't even your country. <laughs> Sir. And his mentality is like, you know, I've always been ordered where to fight. This is the one fight that I care about. But I'm just like, yeah, but no. Like, no one wants to take five minutes and figure out, like, okay, how can we detonate this without you having to kill yourself, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing that I just remember being like, okay. Like... I was not emotionally, like, up when he's just like, uh, give me the go. I was like, am I supposed to get choked up right now? Because I'm not choked up. I'm, I'm the not. one thing I thought was kind of tropey, I guess, for Call of Duty, on top of that, is, like, after that happens and you're, like, leaving on the helicopter, I guess it's not the bad guy's helicopter any pilots anymore. It's someone else's helicopter pilots, and you're on his helicopter, like, yeah. crawling to attack him. Like, that that happens in every Call of Duty game. You can guarantee one character's going to kill the main character. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to do it yourself, and mm-hmm. you're having a playable moment. You're going to throw the knife at someone. Yep. I think you might have thrown the knife again at this one. I can't you remember. You don't throw a knife. You stab him a lot. Yeah, you definitely stab him a lot. Which I didn't realize. Like, he has dialogue in between the stabs. Yeah. I did not. Like, I just kept stabbing him. Because I was like, oh, you're like you're here to kill the guy. And, like, it's like, but, like, the, I had subtitles on. So, like, words, like, paragraphs kept a pop appearing, but then getting cut off by the next paragraph. Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm already stabbing him the third time. And then finally, like, his final speech. He's like, okay, I have to say this. And I was like, oh, you had a lot to Like, you had a lot of stuff you were trying to say, but I just kept stabbing you. But campaign is usually what it is. Yep. Um, multiplayer, I've been enjoying for the most part. Multiplayer is really good. I played a lot. Um, I think it was it's super approachable. They definitely they did a skills based matchmaking, matchmaking, which is like people don't like, but mm-hmm. people some people like it. I thought I haven't really encountered anything where I'm like, I end up being a not to like this isn't like bragging or anything, but it's like I end up fairly high on the leaderboard every game, mm-hmm. depending on like what I'm doing or depending on the map, but. It's just it's just like playing a normal game. No, it's I don't feel like, like I think the customization options for weaponry are great. Mm-hmm. You unlock things very quickly in, yep. a, in a sense of like every so there's gun levels and people levels. Yep, 
every gun level you get something new. There's yeah. not like you're just increasing a level just to go somewhere. It's like there's one gun with seventy unlocks. Yeah, I was in seventy levels. Yeah, I was gonna say I probably with in each match I'm getting at least two new things for whatever I'm using. Yep. Or I'm leveling up. Exactly. Usually because... And that's just something because like, oh, you, you hit two guys, so that's... Okay, you get a new scope. Yeah. Like, you're proficient now. Yeah. Here. Hey, because you killed that guy, that was your 75th kill, so now you get Arctic digital camo. There's so many camos. Yeah. But I guess that's the change of like, there's no DLC like in this classic DLC way. Also, not to change topic real quick, do you remember when it was like last gen and we had to, if you bought a game used, you had to buy the online like unlock code? Do yeah. you remember that happening for like a solid year and a half and everyone oh, yeah. was just okay with it? Well, yeah, but that was, yeah, I had that, uh, I remember I picked up a copy of, uh, I picked up a used copy of Infamous Second Son yep. and it was supposed to come with the Cold Legacy DLC and it had it in the, in the box, yep. but it was already used because it was a used code. But, so then I was like looking online, I'm like, where can I get, and there was like, Oh, that was only a pre-order bonus. You can't like you can't buy it online or get it anywhere online. So I'm like, so I paid an extra five dollars for something I can never now get. Yeah, I, just, like, I really want Cole's coat. I really yeah. want to wear it in the game. But stuff like that. That was ridiculous. The DLC is weird. Like Madden, like buying a used copy of Madden and be like, hey, do you want to pay an extra ten bucks to play online? And be mm-hmm. like, well, I guess I have to. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we wrap it up? I think so. Yeah, I need a haircut. You do need a haircut. I'm cutting Shane's hair. Yeah. Fun fact. We're doing a locker room style in my bathroom. Cool, cool. I hope we're doing the bathroom right. Yeah, yeah I have no. tile in there. Yeah. I got a new vacuum cleaner. Don't worry. Ooh, ooh Mr. Moneybags. Uh, it's a knockoff Dyson I got on Amazon. Dyson. Uh, no, <laughs> I should not know the name. All I know is I bought it and it was like, don't use on carpet. I have carpets for a reason. What kind of vacuum, vacuum is it? Then if you can't it use like doesn't carpet. have. You know how vacuums with like the spinning rollers that mm-hmm. are like powered. This doesn't have that. So like, yeah. I have very low pile carpets here, folks, because I. Uh, I'm not Mr. Moneybags, and I bought my carpets on Wayfair. Um, yeah. But we're going to go do that now. All right. All right. Cool, cool. Welcome Later, back. everybody. Well, oh, yeah. Welcome back. We'll be doing this more oftenly again. Huh? Yeah. All right. All right.